Brethren, brethren, since we have a high priest who has passed the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. For we have not a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. For every high priest chosen from among men is appointed to act on behalf of men in relation to God, to offer gifts and sacrifices for sins. He can deal gently with the ignorant and wayward, since he himself is beset with weaknesses. Because of this, he is bound to offer sacrifice for his own sins, as well as those for the people of the people. And one does not take honor upon himself, but he is called by God just as Aaron was. So also Christ did not exalt himself to be made a high priest, but was appointed by him who said to him, Thou art my son, today I have begotten thee. As he says also in another place, Thou art a priest forever. After the order of Melchizedek.
name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, and take up his cross, and follow me. And that our Lord gives three commands. If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. Which seems to be the hardest of these. I'd say probably the denying of ourselves. We might ask, why do we need to do this? Well, if we look around in the world around us, we see places where people have chosen to deny themselves. One of the most obvious examples of this is in the military. Think of the Marines. They all have the same haircut. They've got the same uniform. They probably even talk the same way. They don't really use their first names. There are a lot of ways in which they deny themselves. Why? What's the purpose of that? So that they can be stronger as one united body, one united entity. And when we deny ourselves, when we put on Christ, when we call ourselves Christians, this is a way in which it's not just us by ourselves anymore. It's not just Father Matthew fighting against the devil. But it's the entire body of Christ united with us fighting against that, fighting that good fight. So that analogy with the military is very apt. But of course, there are lots of things that people stand around and, and get uh, their collective identity with. Most of those in the, the secular world have to do with ideas or ideals. I stand for equality. I stand for this. I stand for that. But of course, as Christians, this is different. We don't stand for ideas. We stand for the living God. We stand for the one who came to this earth and died on the cross for our salvation. And when we stand for him, we stand with him in communion with him. So it's different from what we see in the outside world. Now, as a side note, sometimes as Christians, we can just stand by the ideas, the ideals of what it is to be a Christian, the idea of how we should act into the, in the world. But if we detach it from the, the living God whom we're uniting ourselves with, then we always run into danger. Because we say, oh, well, you know, a good Christian should do this. Well, why should a good Christian do this? Because it draws us closer to God. A Christian should do this, should fast. Why do we fast? To draw us closer to God. Again, we have to constantly come back to that. But we easily forget our identity in Christ. At least I think, especially in this time of Lent, is a time when, when we say, how am I doing? How is my fast? Am I praying? All of these things that point back to us again and again. And there we are again. What are we doing? We're waging the battle by ourselves. We're trying to fight off the devil one person. And it's not very successful. We have to constantly turn back to where do we get the strength to fast? Where do we get the strength to pray? Where do we get the strength for all of these things? But the good news in this, because it sounds like deny yourself. Very harsh. But the good news in it is, he says, follow me. What does that mean? He's there with us. He's helping us to carry the cross. St. Cesarius of Arles says, When the Lord tells us in the Gospel that anyone who wants to be his follower must renounce himself, the injunction sounds harsh. We think he's imposing a burden on us. 
How many of us think of it as a burden? But an order is no burden when it is given by one who helps carrying it out. To what place are we going to follow Christ if not to where he has already gone? We know that he has risen and ascended into heaven. There then we must follow him. There is no cause for despair. By ourselves we can do nothing, but we have Christ's promise. God gives us the freedom. We can choose to take up that cross. He didn't say, you who want to follow me, you have to do this. Or he didn't even just take out, you who want to follow me. He said, everyone needs to take up their cross. No, he said, if anyone wants to follow me, here's what you need to do. These three things. If anyone wants to. So there's always that freedom. But what we don't realize is what's the opposite of that choice of taking up the cross. St. Augustine says that there are some who are being carried and being dragged by their crosses rather than carrying their crosses. Because what we don't realize in our Lord's proposition, deny yourself, take up your cross and follow me, what we don't realize in that is the cross is the cross. There's no escaping the cross. Because the cross is the result of our own sinfulness and so often the result of the sinfulness of the people around us. These are our sorrows, our burdens, our struggles. And there's no escaping that. This is a part of what it means to be a human in the fallen world. So really what our Lord is saying, although He's not saying it, is take up your cross or have your cross be like a millstone around your neck that is dragging you around. Those are your choices. That makes the choice a little bit clearer when we look at it in that way. Because we cannot escape our cross. We cannot escape the sorrow, the sinfulness, the sadness of the world. All that we can do is sanctify that. And have the power of God to help us carry that. That sounds a lot better than just having it be this thing, this millstone around our neck. Because our cross is something that we cannot escape. The brothers and sisters, we must be bold to take up the cross and not be ashamed. Because what else did our Lord say? He said, Whoever is ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, yes, this generation too, of him will the Son of Man be ashamed. So we are taking up our cross, so we're being faithful Christians, putting on Christ. But there's something more than that. Because that's having faith. And the faith, St. Theophilact talks about, we really have this twofold allegiance. Our faith is in our soul, but then we have our confession, which is with our body. And so if we're really united to Christ, it's not simply that we have faith, but that we are confessing Christ. Not necessarily with just our words, but with our actions. That our body is taking part in that confession of being a Christian. Because if we're ashamed or secretive, or as St. James says, double-minded or double-souled, more literally, then we're not true followers of Christ. There's a movie I watched with my son recently. I don't know if any of you have seen it. Um, Max, the Marine Dog? Probably not. Anyway, <laughs> so in this movie, I'll get, I'll get to the point. In this movie, there are Marines. And the guy who turns out to be a bad guy, he is a former Marine. And he kidnaps the, this boy who has the dog. He kidnaps the boy's son, the father, who is also a Marine. 
And so they're driving the car somewhere. He's being taken away. And he says something about, well, you know, we just got to keep going because I'm a Marine. That's what I do. And the father who's there kidnapped turns to him and said, you're not a Marine. Think about that. Are you a Christian? Are you a Christian? Because that bad guy in this movie, in his mind, he was a Marine. And it only took the other person pointing out, actually your actions are completely out of line with what it means to be a Marine. You're not a Marine. But in his mind, he still was. All of you are here today because all of us think we're Christians. So the question is, are we? Are we Christians in our actions? Or are we ashamed of our Lord and not really willing to follow along in His commandments? The Marine motto is... There we go. Semper Fidelis is the full name. What does that mean? Always faithful. Always faithful. And actually that's the same word that we translate from Greek, pistis. Remember I've talked about this before, how it's not just faith, it's faithfulness. So the question is, can we follow that model in our life as Christians? Can we deny ourselves, take away those things that we hold on to, this is me, this is my identity, this is who I am. Take those away. We still have our identity. We of course still have our identity. Look at the Marines, they still have their individual identities. And yet, the body together, it's very clear, they're one body. Can we be that same body in this world? Can we be that same body that goes out where people say, that's a Christian? This is what they used to do in the early church. With the martyrs and those confessors of Christ, the people who were completely against Christianity, they would say, that's a Christian there. You could tell how many of us can be told by our actions, by our deeds, and also by our words. So I pray that on that great day of judgment, we may stand before our Lord, and like the Marine motto, our Lord will say, Well done, good and faithful servant. Amen.